0: Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. You know, I had to say it. It's Ashley and Shay here with the four fans of podcasts. And there's only one thing that we could possibly talk about today. And that is Tiger King. It is all over the internet. We're all quarantined. You should be home. And if you're home, you're probably watching this bizarre, bizarre Netflix show. I just said to Shay before we started recording, I haven't had time to process it. I binged it and it's been two days since I finished. And it is that strange that I have not been able to make sense of it just yet. Shay, uh-huh. how are you holding up post Tiger King binge? Honestly,
1: still, I feel like I'm in the same my It's like I'm not totally sure that, like, like, there's still parts where I'll be like cooking dinner and I'll remember a moment and be like, wait, this cannot possibly be real. Like, that really happened. Uh, but I think what's wild is when we talked about this last week, I remember thinking, like, You know, it was, like, first weekend Netflix. Like, I saw a lot of buzz about it. But then, like, I, like, we work in sort of, like, the industry. It's our job to pay attention to these things. Like, is it really going to be a big thing? Like, it's a fine show for us to start with. And then last week and this past weekend, it just absolutely took off. Just between everyone, it's about, like, everywhere discovering this sort of, like, cycle. And, like, somebody would make it through. And then somebody else would go through. And, like, they would see these other details. uh, And then kind of we'll get to the whole, like, afterlife of all the real world connections to tiger king it's just it's inescapable and for good reason
0: for a good reason i feel like i'm not quick to jump on the bandwagon i kind of watch things at my own speed but my entire timeline on twitter was tiger king references specifically there's a scene um, perhaps my favorite scene in the entire um series where one of the characters is on a jet ski is that what they're called? Jet ski? Mm-hmm. Just like cruising. And it kept popping up on my timeline. And I'm like, who is this chunky white man on a jet ski? And why is he all <laughs> over my timeline? And it does make sense. At the end, you learn to, uh, who that character is. They're kind of a key player, but that was the moment where I was like, okay, I need to buckle down and watch it. And it's seven episodes, which is pretty snackable in my opinion. Again, mm-hmm. everyone's home and what else are we doing these days? But I was a little reluctant to start and I have no regrets.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely, if for no other reason than providing context to all these, like, no context memes that are out there, like, that's, that's absolutely worth it. And, like, how are you going to, like, you need to be able to respond when you get the text, uh, like, did Carol kill her husband? Like, what, 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 I don't know, I think another, you know, wonderful bit of Twitter I saw was someone tweeted, like, two screenshots of text from their landlord, and one of them was about rent, <laughs> like, Carol did it, she definitely killed her <laughs>
0: I saw that. Tweet. I think that's what everyone's talking about. So I was like, who is this Carol woman? I love a good murder mystery. And this was seven episodes of that was like the least of my concerns by the end of it. Um, yeah. So if you I haven't watched it, it you're crazy. Yeah, i'm Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Oh, we're still working out this Skype stuff. Um, <laughs> no, I just think you'd be crazy not to hop on the bandwagon. I think I. Everyone knows this. I've never seen Game of Thrones. I've never seen um, Breaking Bad. And I feel like those are two shows where everyone has seen them. And I'm the first to be like, that's not a personality trait. Like, I'm not the person that runs around and is like, I've never seen Game of Thrones. Like, these people that are coming out now and like, I'm not watching Tiger King. That looks ridiculous or whatever. Just watch it. It's like the Super Bowl. Is anyone ever invested in the Super Bowl? No, you watch it so you can go to work on Monday and talk about it and make small talk with your coworkers. Like, that's what you need to do for Tiger King.
1: Yeah, And so for anyone still, you know, not sure, uninterested or like putting off as long as possible, one of our coworkers this morning was like, I have to be honest, I still don't know what Tiger King is. <laughs> okay. Um, it's, it's actually like a seven episode docuseries, True Crime. It's subtitle is Murder, Mayhem and Madness, and it checks all of those boxes. Somehow murder is like the least flashy of them, it's the one that you forget about the most. And it's, there is a murder, which we'll get to, well, maybe an alleged murder, but it's mostly like a, a murder for hire situation that somebody maybe hired a hitman, but it really focuses on these three big cat enthusiasts. I guess you would say they're like legitimate names are somewhere or titles are somewhere between like zoo managers and like cat rescue person rescuer uh and I don't even know what Jeff Lowe would call himself or Doc Antle would call himself I would call them cult leaders but that's a (laughs) late question um but it's about the relationships between these and like they have like these deep-seated rivalries and like just they do the most deranged pettiest things in order to like I don't know be the tiger king it's but it's phenomenal
0: It's incredible. And it takes place in Oklahoma, correct? Primarily. So it's like Oklahoma trips to Florida, but it's primarily Oklahoma. Yeah. It's like the, uh, the Florida man meme that was going around forever ago. Like I feel like this whole document or docu, uh, series can just be summed up as like Florida man personified. Like it is just seven episodes of the most ridiculous thing, Oklahoma man. And then I think docs, uh, tiger zoo whatever we're calling it is in one of the carolinas Mm, so
1: we're somehow involved as well which is all the like the the geographic cultural pinpoints that you need to capture the spirit of the show oklahoma florida vegas
0: vegas yes so we're not talking like quaint quiet new england town here there there's a lot of land there's a lot of a lot of guns uh a lot of wild animals what did you you said in our last week's episode your friend texted you and rattled off like eight things that were encompassed in this episode and it was like the most hodgepodge disconnected list of things and as i'm watching it i go oh my god there's the guns there's the murder like everything your friend promised the series delivered
1: <laughs> and even the stuff that i i had forgotten about
0: and I, the one
1: that she ended her list on the like you know discount Walmart meat served at a pizzeria or something (laughs) like oh my god like that actually happened there it is they were feeding both the animals and the employees like expired meat that they'd gotten a discount at Walmart which I did not realize you know trivia wise that if you if the meat comes off like the freezer section and you make it to the cash register but then you decide you don't want it they cannot return it like that's
0: They have to throw it out. Did I know that? But that's, again, not the most interesting part of the series. Even as you're bringing up the expired meat, like, I think that was one of the most, like, there's a lot that goes on here and there's a lot to be disturbed by. But that was the one where I felt my stomach lurch a little bit because not only were the employees just like excited to have meat to take home and cook, they were feeding it to the tigers, but then they tried to open a pizzeria on the zoo. And they use that as pizza toppings. And I just I've eaten at many a questionable restaurant in my lifetime, but the thought of like the expired meat truck meat being a topping in something I like overpaid for, it was hit a little too close to home. Like I definitely probably I'm here like nauseous over the thought of it watching them indulge and I'm like, that could have been me. It probably has been me. Okay, so we're talking in circles. And even as you're bringing these up, it's things I forgot about. That is how chaotic this series is. It is disconnected. It is absolutely insane. And, you know, I left the seven episodes being entertained, but not necessarily, I don't think I got the closure I wanted. I kind of wanted everything to get packaged in a nice little bow at the end. And I feel like it did not, they didn't give me that. It just
1: kind of ends. And I think, sir, to your point, like our conversation or any conversation you have about Tiger King is going to be chaotic. It's going to bounce from like, Oh my God, this, Oh my God, that to like, wait, I just remembered, you know, that pretty much everybody on the show was a polygamist and all had like multiple husbands, some alive, some dead. Like (laughs) you can't, you can't have a straightforward conversation because the subject matter is all over the place. But I also think that kind of reflects a fault of the show where, I'm with you, like it didn't, it just kind of ended, like I didn't really feel like it It wrapped up. So when I try to describe it, I can only describe it in like a long list of things that happened where I feel like because they had such a wealth of material, like there's no way, it is not possible to take that material and create something that was boring. Like you could have printed that out, like a Wikipedia page for that would be interesting. I listed like it's, it's solid gold. And I think maybe they got a little lazy on the sort of back end or front end of formulating that into a sort of cohesive story where like, I appreciate like their chapters did make a certain sense and they ended really strong and that I almost always was like, well, I have to watch the next episode right (laughs) now. Uh, But sort of, you know, big picture wise, I feel like you will, I don't know. I hate to say this, but you kind of want to see what that story would have looked like in the hands of like, a little bit more um i don't know established documentary crew
0: well as quickly as say, i would not be surprised if there are more documentaries to follow this one because there's enough there to piece any episode could have four different spin-offs and there's seven episodes so i wouldn't be surprised based on how the cult following that it now has if there was more in the future like if you go on netflix today there's 12 different you know like ted bundy documentaries if the people are hungry for answers, they're going to watch them all. So I'm hopeful that maybe some kind of more in-depth going for the narrative versus like shock value. Um, Cause I definitely at times felt like some of the people were being exploited too. Um, which I think was me just being, you know, a quarantine softy. I'm in my fields over here, but I felt like some of these people, you know, this was their livelihood and their passions. And, you know, now it was just packaged as like a way to kind of exploit how bizarre their lifestyles are. But, That was a small feeling. Mostly I was entertained. Um,
1: Can we dive into that? I do on the subject of like there are no doubt being more Tiger King content to come. Want to shout out uh, New York Magazine ran a long form story last September called American Animals by uh, a dude named Robert Moore. So shout out to him if you want more of the story in a different form that exists. Uh, And then there was also Joe Exotic, Tiger King, um, a podcast series from Wondery. And I have not read or listened to either of those um but sort of in the interest of like rising tide lifts all tiger king boats like if if we're looking forward we can also look back a little bit um but yeah i i don't know i was torn with a little bit of the treatment of some of the characters and some of the subject matter because i think it was so over the top and outrageous that you couldn't help sort of like lean into like the mockery and the absurdity of um like i can't remember Ooh, what was joe's first
0: husband's name travis oh. on dylan was the third oh um i wrote the john finley the one with the teeth yeah was yeah. like the thing with like with his teeth was like it was it it's funny
1: but then like we all saw like, apparently he got new teeth and like mm-hmm. that was really nice to see like good for you john um, so I think there is like a little bit of a fine line there of like, how do we, especially like the peripheral characters that were sort of working in the zoo, but didn't feel quite as responsible. Um, like, what do you, how, what's the, what's the right sort of tone there? Uh, but then on the flip side of that, I think we also kind of look past or the show looks past. And I, I realized, um... And I, I, This was a question that I got when it, it was being recommended early on. I was like, "How hard is this to watch if you're an animal lover?" And I think the sort of animal abuse that's implicit in all of this does kind of get brushed over for these like very flashy, outrageous like human crimes. Um, and it is easy to sort of like get past that and not think about sort of like the day to day fact that like the end card says something like there are. I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but like if there are 10,000 living tigers right now, like 6,000 of them are in captivity, or I think it's even less than it's like 6,000 are in captivity and 2,000 are in the wild. And it's like, there's a lot of what even sort of like, I don't know, you want to be <laughs> respectful of like the goofy people. I'm like, oh, we shouldn't really like take, you know, punch down. But at the same time, even the ones that aren't sort of like top tier baddies, um, aren't necessarily
0: baddies. (laughs) When I think of a baddie, I think of like, like an Instagram model. So just like using that term and like thinking about these people, like Carol is not a baddie, but I know that's not what you meant. So... Villains. Uh, villains yes bad guys uh okay i have to ask you i i often refer to you as my voice of reason um <laughs> so i need some clarity because i don't know how i feel did carol kill her husband
1: yes um and i don't know if, i mean i believe so wait what was <laughs> this is another detail one of the guys he would end every statement with in my opinion which i oh, think it was should, yeah cool. Where it's like he knew that, like, if only to not get like charged with um, slander or whatever it is, uh, he was like, it's, It is my opinion. Or, like, <laughs> so in my opinion, uh, Carol did kill her husband. And I feel like what really sold it for me was when she explains how you get someone to eat a t- how you get a tiger to eat a human, where it was like the whole shadiness with the kids and the family, like. Whatever. But like A, the going to Cuba or whatever was not a believable lie. Like that's where you went off. Um, too. But then also like when she was like, Yeah, you just everyone knows you just cover him with oil and they'll eat him human right away. So yeah, I'm on I think she did it.
0: I feel like that has to be reopened again. Like everyone thinks this woman killed her husband. It like it is can they possibly just put that out there and then you know, there's no justice for this dead tiger eaten man. That blows my mind.
1: Who kind of seemed like a I can't really remember the details at this point, but he seemed like a solid I don't remember when we when the audience learns about him thinking like, Oh wow, he's awful too. It could seem like, ah,
0: oh, Homer for this extraordinarily wealthy Oklahoma. Yeah. I wasn't entirely sympathetic. I mean, it's a dead human being, allegedly. So, of course, I'm sympathetic to that. But he definitely, they portrayed him as like this womanizer and he like left his family and all that stuff. But it was his uh, first wife saying that she's scared of Carol. Like, no hesitation was like, I'm scared of that woman. And I was like, that's a bold claim. It's one thing to be like resentful or bitter, but she's like, I am scared of her. Like, all right, suddenly I'm hooked.
1: The way they sort of characterize or the way they rolled out Carol's story where like she's kind of introduced as the good guy where she's like, I do the rescue and like these guys are all evil and bad. Uh, But then you sort of see through both uh, the potential murder of her husband and then also like her lawsuits against Joe Exotic and her absolute ruthlessness there. Like, yeah, she's just big cat rescue is
0: just like it's the same bracket with a different name. Exactly. And she doesn't pay her employees. They have like a seven tier, you know. First, you're a red oh, shirt, and then you're a green shirt. I was like, Carol, like three different colors of blue. I was like, no, no, that's a navy blue. Like, okay. And then she was saying to the camera one day, you know, oh, I don't even recognize. It's usually after I've seen them around a couple of years, I ask them, you know, <laughs> if they work here. Girl, like, what kind of, uh, you know, business are you running over there? And they charge people to go there. So she's pocketing everything, which blows my mind. Yeah. I thought Carol's sus regardless of if she killed her husband she's still sus
1: yeah and I didn't think it was one of the things on the more sort of like serious and maybe sad side of things was just that until it went sort of south for everyone mostly perhaps because of Jeff um like Joe Exotic and Carol had this like really awful like parasitic symbiotic relationship where like they both needed to be awful to each other and it helped both their businesses and mm-hmm. they like lead to it so hard. It was kind of like, Oh, this is, this is gross. And like both of them, it seemed like it knew that like they perhaps more than they ever like actually hated each other. They just knew it was good business to hate each other. And that just seems like really nasty.
0: nasty it, business model. <laughs> I it definitely seemed like a, a successful business model, but yeah, one I wouldn't want to get caught up in and going off of that, I think that, like you said, they introduced Carol as like, I'm rescuing the animals and Joe has these reality shows where he talks about cutting my head off. And I was like, oh my God, Joe Exotic is absolutely bonkers. And then you realize that they're both kind of doing, like you said, doing the same thing, running the same types of businesses, just how they are presenting it to the public is vastly different. Do I think that Joe Exotic is right in making these like YouTube reality television shows saying he's going to, you know, uh, shoot Carol next time he sees her, he's going to have her head in a jar. I was like, I cannot fathom hating someone that much that I'm going to go on camera, A, ever say it, but like go on camera and broadcast that to the public. Like, at what point do your friends step in and be like, Ash, that was a little overboard. You know, like who was keeping him accountable? He had no like no one to keep him in his place, which is how he ended up in the situation he was
1: <laughs> because like he got he didn't into oblivion for taking it too far because no one like would stand up to him. Um, yeah, which I think like it's interesting to me that I've been seeing a lot of sympathy towards Joe Exotic on Twitter and just people saying like he shouldn't be in jail, blah blah blah. Which like maybe in the strictest sense uh, he shouldn't be in jail for murder for hire or for that particular thing, perhaps mm-hmm. not. But it's, like I don't. I don't find him as sort of endearing ultimately. Like I think maybe the early episodes stuck with me more than uh, the latter episodes, but I would go so far as to say, I don't think he's the worst person on the show, Mm. which raises the question, who is?
0: It's again, I think if we haven't made this clear enough, my mind is going a mile a minute when I think about Tiger King because there are so many moving pieces. I think if I had to pick one person It would be Doc as the worst person on the show, because in addition to allegedly, in my opinion, having these, um, you know, illegal or unethical animal practices. He also sounds like he's running a cult of like women on his. I don't even know what the zoo farm uh, (laughs) estate. I don't even know what it's called. So. You know, the women are like, oh, it's great. Like, that's where I live, blah, blah, blah. We're in this like polyamorous situation. And then they interview a woman who's in like Ames, Iowa and was like, no, we lived in cages. When you would go to make a sandwich, you brushed cockroaches off them. Like, it was just no big deal. Like you'd make a sandwich and you knew you were going to brush the cockroaches off. Like they forced me to get a boob job. And I was like, oh my God, not only is there malpractice with tigers, like he's now involving like women and bringing them in and exploiting them so I think Doc is the worst person in the whole series. But,
1: yeah, I agree with you. And I'm going to okay, on. um, Because, like, in addition, like, uh, one of the striking things, and I think maybe this is how this show is going to, like, how I'm going to remember is in, like, these precise moments um, and, like, rationale. Uh, and the woman I wish I can remember her name was in Iowa that sort of got out. I remember her saying like, yeah, they didn't force me to get a boob job, but like, it was like incredibly encouraged or whatever. And she remembered thinking, she knew that if she did the surgery, she would be on like bed rest or whatever for some time. And like, that was, that was why she did it. Like she got the boob job so that she could get a break because otherwise they were being made to work like from like nine in the morning to two in the morning or like some outrageous set of hours where it was just like, it was, yeah, like I think it pretty clearly, in my opinion, a cult. <laughs> and, like, uh, yeah. He was also like the more they kept like, I'm pretty sure he was the one that they dropped in details later that would, um, um, uh, why am I blanking on the word?
0: While you think of that word, the woman that we're talking about in Iowa, she's a former employee of Doc, Her names, Barbara Fisher. So I'm just give her, give her a name. Barbara Fisher is the one that kind of came forward and told, a very different tale of her experience with doc
1: and unfortunately i did remember the word so it's gonna get real big i'm pretty sure he's the one that cremated like cubs like the tiger cubs like once they were no longer like mm-hmm. cute and tigery and like whatever if they were grown up they like not just like killed
0: them which were have been in bed but then like cremated them. you're cremating tiger cubs what kind mm-hmm. of cubs? Yeah, like, like in house crematorium. That phrase definitely struck a chord with me that it's used often enough to have one in-house. or a morgue. That's the only uh, time you should have an in house
1: crematorium. Yeah. Professional, your job.
0: Obviously. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, he definitely was a shady dude. And also, I think, same with Carol, it's, you know, Joe Exotic was just no filter, completely unhinged, spoke whatever came to his mind. But the way that Doc and Carol were able, they're very selective in how they communicated, which makes me feel like they had something to hide. Like They were very conscious of the image they were trying to portray, whether it's saying, in my opinion, like they knew what they could or could not say. Which, yeah. to me, makes it seem like they have stuff to hide, whether it's a dead husband or dead baby cubs.
1: I would throw Jeff Lowe in that, the other one that he, he was the one that like swoops in and buys mm-hmm. uh, uh, Joe Exotic's zoo out from under him but like all three of them like they like they were smarter than joe and like they joe like for all his shittiness like was exactly who he presented to be like like he said in his campaign video like he wasn't gonna change that is who he is and like he's living with his choices whereas all three of those they were so much more selective And i think that's a good word of like who they what they said to who like when you saw Carol in DC like she was like very conscious like yeah like I always wear the tiger or the leopard stuff so that people know I'm the cat one. Um, but still like they were much more like aware of like how they presented to different people and like how they needed to Carol, especially how they needed to like package what they were doing in order mm-hmm. to, for it to be acceptable and for order for people to sort of look past the animal abuse and to see it instead as an opportunity to um you know be a tiger
0: it was a lot a lot of shady people and i agree i think i didn't have enough concrete reason to make jeff low my number one like worst person on the show but it's clear that there's some stuff going on there um i want to talk a little bit about happier stuff what? and dive into some of our favorite moments or perhaps underrated moments if we haven't even I feel like I have a list here of just some of the most ridiculous things that have happened that we haven't even talked about yet yeah. so so you know if someone has not watched the show and asked you okay Shay what are some of your favorite moments from Tiger King um what's the first one that comes to mind
1: well so I think the first ones that come to mind are probably some of the stuff you already touched on um, like Carol sort of explaining how to get a tiger to eat a human being um, but I would also shout out uh, Joe Exotic's campaign manager who was previously a Walmart manager um, <laughs> who had a an iconic line that I think it's one that's like getting a second life because it was missed the first time around but it was just he was talking about I I think like the federal case when people started turning informant and he was like, well, I'm a libertarian. So obviously fuck the feds and just carried on. (laughs) And it was such a casual like line drop. Um, So that one was a big one for me.
0: Um, Iconic. His name was Joshua Dial, I believe the campaign manager. And again, if you haven't watched Tiger King and you've just listened to us like ramble about it, it's important to note that not only did Tiger King, Joe Exotic, run this tiger farm zoo oh. he decided he was going to run for not only gov- like president but governor and the whole time i'm watching this show i'm like this looks familiar but i'm like no it, like i'm not an animal person like this is not my realm of interest i'm like why does it look so familiar why does it look so familiar and then right in the middle of his campaign run john oliver pops up and i go oh my god i have seen this clip so joe exotic goes viral if you will back in the uh what was it 2016 2015 presidential election yeah for you know his i'm a rootin' tootin' gay tiger loving something 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 and he's like up there with a gun and his sequin shirts that he wears so the fact that this john oliver clip popped up and gave me closure like where i had seen it all before (laughs) i was like oh yes peak moment because i was like this was when i was like this man is crazy he is authentic, but he is crazy. Uh,
1: um, another thing I loved was the inclusion. And he, beca- he somehow become, this is, this is all you need to know about the show. The man on whom Scarface was based is a minor character. Like, he doesn't even get top built. He's not even, like, top five most concerning people in the show. Uh, but he's just, like, a, a big cat enthusiast, and I believe he is in Florida um, and he had some like business dealings with Joe or one of them, which is like, that's how he got his tigers. That's how one of them got into it. And like, they kind of build it up as like, oh, it's like really hard to get into this guy's like area. He doesn't like guests, but like they, then the film crew like, meet someone who introduces them and they get in fine. And it's it's like, he's like, he Scarface is like the straight man. And this. like, it's like, oh yeah, like, he's the reasonable one that's like staying out of the drama.
0: Yeah. I was like, he's like, yeah, I think Scarface was based, on my situation. And I was like, that's not like a family friendly, you know, hey, yeah, that was based on my life experience. (laughs) And I couldn't help at multiple times. Doing this. (laughs) Yeah, like, but also just, you know, the like fresh out of college, like, you know, runner on the set or like these camera guys, like just the, the people behind the scenes that we didn't see. Imagine working on this crew, like all the people that go are involved in production that are just like rolling up to this drug Lord's house in Florida or in the tiger cages. And I could not help but think like what, I wanna hear what they had to say about all this. Well, you're watching, you know, Joe Exotic talk about Carol killing her husband and then you go meet and you film Carol. I want like a tell all from the production standpoint because I feel like these poor people have seen it all. They've seen I it all. curious about the making of Tiger King, I'd watch it. I'd watch it, right? Okay. Netflix, I want a cut for that, but uh, I would binge that. Probably faster than I binge this. This took some time to process. Yeah. Uh, Shaq made an appearance. We all know yeah. I love Shaq. Uh, he made an early appearance. We got John Oliver, Scarface. Who else popped up? Well, um, I think
1: Shaq and John Oliver are a great sort of segue to talk about, like, what's been happening as the internet uh, has gone its hold on, like, the Tiger King cast. Where it's like, I think... I had the similar feeling with you, where like I was watching and I was like, "This seems familiar." Like I feel like I've heard vaguely about like, like the, I did. I had no idea the depth of it, but like the general like strangeness of like big cat people or whatever. Um, but yeah, so like there was the John Oliver segment. There was Shaq, who is seen in like a blink and you'll miss it cameo where he's at the zoo, uh, and then. Like, Twitter and Instagram, like, really dug in on, like, finding all these people and their social pages. And they found out that Dylan, Joe Exotic's second husband, was in cheer when he was at uh Stephen Third
0: husband. husband, right? Third
1: husband? Third husband, you're right. Um, and still husband. Um, <laughs> yes. And, like, he was in a photograph with some cheerleaders who were all wearing the Navarro cheer uniforms, which, as you may recall, is the school that the Netflix series Cheer followed this past year as they went on their, like, championship run thing, uh, coached by none other than Monica. And it was just, like, this, like, you cannot make up that, like, these, this is, this photo's not Photoshop, Like, it's real. Like, he didn't overlap with that particular team like, that's still, like a real connection that like happens. Like that's, I don't
0: know. It's it's amazing. Uh, and see, like you said, the internet now, they find it so quickly. I'm like, who is just like friends with Dylan? And like, I don't know. I just have never had that aha moment or have had the time or patience to like do a deep dive on these characters. But I guess, you know, one day that could be me where I'm like, oh my God, I went to high school with that person and I'm breaking out the yearbooks and dusting them off but it never ceases to amaze me how small the world is and how quickly the internet will unearth your entire private life.
1: Yeah. I almost understand the Dylan one just cause it seemed like to me, that was like a straight line from like, um, like here's a character. I'm going to pull up their Instagram pages and mm-hmm. then scroll back. I And how people put together that, uh, <laughs> doc, um, was in the background of, well, he was in the performance from the 2001 VMAs of Britney Spears' I'm a Slave for You, best known for the Python, but also featuring a tiger. What? Like, I saw this Sunday night, and it was going around, and it was a photo of, it was first a photo of her backstage and him sort of in the background, I think, with a tiger, and I honestly thought it was fake because she looks like a wax figure. Like, it's a weird photo. It just, it doesn't, I was like, there's no way this is mm-hmm. real. And it was paired with a photo of, um, Britney Spears at the 2002 VMAs. See next to a woman who looks an awful lot like Carol. Uh, and then like, I sort of like dug in and see like, what else, what other photos does Twitter have? And like, there he is on stage with her, like managing the tiger that's in the performance, Um, I don't think we ever got full confirmation on whether that was Carol sitting next to her in 2002. But it's like, who, who, how, how, who's doing what that they made the connection between uh, Doc and Britney Spears at the 2001 BMAs? Like, how,
0: the internet is amazing. Props. I think we're both like pretty nosy people and like good at investigating, but this is next level, absolutely next level. And, you know, that's an iconic performance. Like, when people think of Britney Spears, like, people dress up as that for Halloween. Like, snake around. Like, it is perhaps one of that and, like, the Madonna performance. Like, those are her things. And the fact that this crazy zookeeper, polygamist cult leader is now tied to Queen Britney. I just, I don't know. I'm still processing.
1: I I think you sent me a tweet that was, like, it's amazing how Britney has managed. Britney is self-isolating like a champ and yet mm-hmm. has managed to managed, like, keep herself totally in the conversation of every viral thing that's happening. She's like, wow, what a star.
0: She's really crushing it these past couple weeks. She's all over my timeline. And yeah. I never know. I'm always like doing a double take. Right. So go Brit. I'm a big fan. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. So I think that kind of covers like all of my immediate need to get off my chest. Tiger King, woes, concerns, talking points. Um, I did I need to admit that so the documentary starts with, you know, Joe talking about how he films everything. He really wanted to be a reality star, right? Oh no. So I was like, okay, that means that it was posted somewhere. And throughout the documentary, oh, no. they drop these music videos, and I'm back home with my whole family, and we'll all be like washing the dishes and like start singing one of his songs. Like they are so catchy it's all on youtube his youtube page is still there you can watch like the music videos there's interviews like it is a black hole of really bad content like i thought the documentary was enough and then i was just aimlessly going through all of joe exotic stuff and of course i was like is the gift shop still open can i still buy merch is it not going to be funny like in a week but i really want like a joe exotic hat <laughs> so it's all still out there i'm sure people are like racking up the numbers now but like do yourself a favor and go watch some of the music videos and interviews and all of the stuff that he's done in the past because it's like just an extension of the chaos from the documentary
1: yes uh we didn't even talk about the music the music videos were insane like it's just like i don't know there's so i feel like that's gonna be the true takeaway it's like i we're sitting here and i feel like yeah like i feel like we talked about like you know, what we need to talk about. And like, I feel good about that, but it's going to be like, I'm going to be texting you like in the middle. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm I <laughs> for this other thing,
0: everything I do, I wake up. Oh my God. I thought of this in the shower, like shower thoughts. Yeah. And well, even that. okay. I was like, ready to wrap up the call. Here we are. You know, he allegedly is this singer. It's clearly not his voice. Right. Yeah. And I didn't really want to talk about this because it's really sad, but his one husband does die yeah. and freaking Joe Exotic breaks out in song at the funeral. Like, just not an appropriate time to sing one of your, like, lip-syncing hits. It was just, again, bizarre. Every time I watched it, I'm like, is this what's really happening on the screen in front of me? But, of course, the songs are stuck in my head.
1: His husbands are, as well, like, one of of the... These sort of undercurrents, like, the really dark undercurrents of the show, where it's, like, all those relationships do seem... Abusive and like they have really messed up power dynamics where none of the men he's married to identify as gay or even bi as far as I know, but like they're in these marriages and it seems like there's largely like an element of like sex being traded for drugs or like companionship being traded for like it just it's real. I don't know, it gets in the documentary it gets into it a little bit, but not as much as it could where it's like, and again, that's why like when sort of wrapping it up with like sort of a relatively pro Joe final note, it's kind of hard for me to stomach sometimes when i said, whoa, like <laughs> amidst all that other stuff, like these people are doing bad, but like he's not exactly like hands clean here. So it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's yeah, a lot.
0: It's a lot. I think, you know, we are innately always looking like you have a hero and you have a villain and yeah. you watch a piece of content like this where you just recognize like everyone's shitty, like such is life. So there is no like good guy to come in. There is no good tiger King. Right.
1: Once they spin like, so originally it felt like it was like, Joe's the villain and Carol's the hero. But then once it spins Carol to be also a villain, I think the sort of the inclination for all of us was to be like, Oh, well that makes Joe like Joe's the hero versus Carol. Joe's the hero versus Jeff. Joe's the hero versus Doc. And it's like, yeah, but heroes all relative here.
0: It's, relative it is well again because i am again joe exotic i think that's what makes him so intriguing is there is no black and white line of good and evil and he gave a lot of people that worked on his zoo like they had um you know they had spent time in prison or they had issues with drugs that they were trying to overcome and he gave them a job and he gave them a place to live was it you know a clean opportunity towards success i don't know but he did welcome people onto his zoo and give them opportunities that they might not have found elsewhere like there's always a for every weird wacky thing that he did there was like a good intentioned effort and I don't think they cancel each other out but like I said I finished it two days ago and I'm still like cannot wrap my head around this series
1: and I think the onslaught of detail too makes it hard
0: Mm -hmm. to remember
1: it all where it's like I feel like I will say something or think something and then or yeah, say something to like a friend like, Oh yeah, like so and so, like I like love so and so or like, oh like such and such and then like they'll all come back with like a detail. They remember to be like, like, what like what the hell? Like you do did you forget that they murdered someone or like whatever it is. Or, like, do and you're forget- like, Yeah, I did forget. <laughs> like, I did, yeah. I missed that entirely. But like yeah, it's I don't know. It's Talk about it forever,
0: literally. I almost want to rewatch it because I feel like there are things I might have missed the first. I mean, and this was not like a I had it on in the background while I was doing yeah. laundry type show. Like I was sitting on my couch, snacks at the ready, like invested, and I still feel like I missed things. Yeah,
1: I I made a list of like five Netflix docu series you should watch if you liked like Tiger King. I like want to watch next, and my number one choice was just rewatch Tiger King because like if you love Tiger King you definitely missed something. So just like run it back.
0: <laughs> I think it's definitely worth a rewatch. What else was on your list? Because I am looking for something else.
1: Um, I had the pharmacist on there as well. And then
0: um, did you see the pharmacist? I didn't watch. Okay. Cause I started it because it was queued up. It was on my list. Someone had recommended it and granted I was a little sleepy and I fell asleep during the first episode. And so I tried to watch it again and I just couldn't get into it. It was a little long, but a couple of people have recommended it. So maybe I'll try it a well, third time. So my number
1: one that like the one that I feel most strongly, but I kind of assumed most people that seen Tiger King have already seen was abducted in plain sight. Cause that one, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that had the same sort of like mile per minute, like what the fuck moments. Um, yeah. so that one was definitely up there. And then, yeah, I think I also had, um, what was it called? Evil Genius, which was about some, like, never watched that one either, but it was, like, it's apparently a very intricate tale of...
0: Yeah, um, you should watch okay. that. Well, I've watched something that you haven't. This is, like, the first time and probably only time this will happen.
1: I will be real with you. I'm not a huge docu-series person.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So it sounds like I said, really good to get me.
0: Evil Genius is good. What, I mean, the one that was like really, I think everyone watched, I only watched it because it was all over Twitter, was The Staircase. Did you ever watch that? Oh, no. Okay, don't. It's like 13 hours of your life you'll never get back. Um, that's all I'm going to say on that. Don't watch it. But I feel like Chrissy Teigen was tweeting about it, and it was trending, and everyone was invested, and it was like 13-hour-long episodes.
1: My for, take is don't bother with, don't fuck with cats.
0: Don't bother? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I feel like that's a conversation I was obsessed with it But um, It would have been like
1: 90 minutes And it was three episodes And like five hours or something like that
0: Okay, it was a little long I'll give you that, but that was A banana's tail yeah. And like really gruesome That was It wasn't like a, a fun family watch Okay, I'm going to take note I'm going to try The Pharmacist, I think that's going to be next on my list I'm really digging these docuseries series. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, maybe I will dive into. Do- maybe this will be the push I need to watch pharmacists for next week.
0: I know we'll hold each other accountable. It'll keep me awake. <laughs> Help me make sense of my cue. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So okay, I think we're trending docuseries series as of late, but Tiger King is going to be hard to top. It's just anytime something's a cultural phenomenon, I'm like equally. I mean, I'm even more invested in it because I want to keep up and like understand. I hate not understanding memes. It bothers me. Like I want to know why everyone's laughing. It's like not getting the joke. That's the worst yeah. feeling. Oh man. All right, Tiger King. Any final thoughts as we wrap it up here? And my laptop dies. Oh no. <laughs> no charger in sight. I thought it was plugged in.
1: Uh, No, I think I feel like that's everything that I can think of at the moment, but give me like 30 seconds once we hang up and I will have more thoughts for you.
0: (laughs) That might be our follow-up for all you guys. Um, Shay and I will keep a log of our texts Slack, emails, whatever uh, comes up as soon as we hang up this call uh, our, our follow up if you will for after this episode um, but on that note, thank you guys so much for tuning in to For Fans of our new pop culture podcast we are recording going live every Monday afternoon, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter our Netflix live page on Facebook through fansided.com all that fun stuff, like, listen, subscribe we really appreciate you guys tuning in and we'll talk to you next week